Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Aussies Only, our weekly look at the Australian players on tour. Welcome and thanks for tuning into this edition of Aussies Only. On this week's edition of the show, we chat to David Barclay, a journeyman of Australian tennis. All thanks to Latour Tennis. Check them out at latourtennis.com and Latour Tennis on Instagram. You can also check out the Vince Barclay Tennis Academy. David's father's academy where he trains and coaches out of 20 minutes from the Sydney CBD, barclayacademy.com.au. You can find out more. Once again, barclayacademy.com.au. Check it out. It's your host, Jed Zetzer here, alongside a very talented man, former pro player and one of the men behind Latour Tennis, Jake Eames. Eamesy, welcome to the show, mate. Yeah, thanks. Excited to be here. I've got a good mate actually on board today. He's 29 years of age, played on the circuit for 15 years, has a career high ranking of 1,520. It's, he's had a great journey in tennis, a very unique one, um, and happy to have him here, David Barclay. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Can't believe it's been 15 years. That's it's crazy, but yeah, happy to be here and thanks for asking me to join. Tennis is a funny game. Thousands of players coming from every corner of the globe all with a different journey, and yours, we feel, is very unique. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your journey and how you get to this point? Sure. So I kind of grew up, my father being a coach, and I guess I started since a little baby. Dad had me in the coaching basket. I've just always been around the tennis and, yeah, just been kind of playing futures for a long time. And, yeah, maybe my ranking doesn't reflect for how long I've been playing, but um, I just enjoy just trying to get better as a person and as a player and, um, I'd still love to get my ranking much, much, much higher. But yeah, just been here. I'm at my dad's academy now um, in Sydney, and yeah, that's probably my future as well. So I've always just kind of been coaching and playing at the same time, and yeah, just doing whatever I can to be a better player. But that'll help me as a coach as well in the future. So yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, that's about it. Super interesting. And, you know, there is a lot of judgment, I guess, from people and players hanging around and playing. And regretfully, I was in that position of judging players at, you know, 17, 18 and, you know, thinking, you know, if I'm not top 100 by the time 21, I'm done, you know. And that was kind of what players, when you're younger, you're kind of ingrained to think, you know, you've just got to move so quickly. Um, and going to futures and seeing older guys playing, there was this stupid mentality of like, you know, what are they doing? You just don't understand life. You don't understand the journey. How for you now being in that position, like your perspective 
on the tour and, and life still playing at you know 29 which is really actually still very young I, I was the exact same as you Jake like seeing these older guys and thinking why they're playing and all that but the main thing for me is I don't want to be old and be like I wish I kept playing I just want to keep going and keep playing as much as I can I still enjoy it I'm still maturing as a player and as a person and um, I feel like I'm only just starting to hit my stride as a as a player and mentally I feel like I'm you know, maturing a lot more, I'm still fit. But yeah, just kind of being the older person, a lot of people, they can judge me that way. But as, as a younger person, I was always worried about what people thought of me. But older I got, I just stopped caring. And I kind of just want to just live your life. And it, I'm really lucky to be, you know, have a tennis center and you know, I can still travel the world and play tennis. Like, what more do you want? I don't want to be sitting in a in an office you know, doing finance or whatever. The main thing is, is I don't want to be 50 and be like, I wish I kept playing. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, like I, I would love for my ranking to get higher and I want to achieve a lot more of my tennis, but still me playing as well is helping me for my future as a coach, as a director of the Tennis Academy. It's going to help me a lot more. Like I'm still practicing, I'm still learning. Whatever I'm learning on the tennis court for myself, I can transfer to my students and everything. That's been great for me. Do you feel your best tennis is ahead of you? Because you're only 29 and a lot of players in recent years have been hitting their prime around your age and sort of into their early 30s. Are you still confident that your best tennis is well ahead of you? 100%, 100%. Like I remember, you know, I'd be playing Jake when we were younger and stuff and I felt like I was really raw. And I just didn't really know how to play tennis that well. I was just kind of like I had good shots and everything, but I didn't know how to play tennis. I feel like the older I got, the more I've started to figure out what I'm meant to be doing, what I'm meant to be focusing on. And that's that's really helped me understand my own game and kind of mature as well. 100% feel like I can improve even more so right now. And yeah, physically, I'm being lucky without any injuries. But also the thing of when I was young, I didn't play a lot of tennis. Like you see a lot of these kids, like I got this one 10-year-old and he plays every day and he plays like two, three hours a day. And I'm like, if I was 10... I was probably playing an hour every two or three days or something. I'll be out in the park with my mates or playing another sport, really. So I think the longevity helped me by not going too hard at a young age. And I'm still, I'm still keen to play and I'm still you know, itching to play, which is great. So I think that's helped me a lot as well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely admirable to you know, have that love and passion for the game. And you know, as, a, as a student... If you you know were to translate into coaching later on, like you wouldn't want anything more than a coach just to just to still have that passion and love for the game. You mentioned the academy before, the Vince Barclay Academy. Very interesting setup to have in your backyard. I know that the clay courts there were the testing ground with Tennis Australia, and you had some of the best, or basically the best clay courts in Australia in your backyard. And you had people like Leighton Hewitt. You know, coming through frequently with Jordan Thompson, who trained there as well before going to French. How has that, I guess, influenced you as a tennis player, having that in your backyard? I definitely took it for granted at a young age. Um, do you know, like, you got people with tennis court at their house and they barely use it. It's like that was me at a young age. I just barely trained and barely kind of made the most of it. But now, at an older age, I'm able to change my perception on it. But, yeah, that was... A risk that my father took was building a clay court. It was one of the first clay courts in Australia and that made Roachy, Tony Roach, to come down and bring his pupils and all that. And that was great just to be amongst all those kind of players. And then Roachy would bring like 
the likes of Steve Go, Raf Jurek, Adam Kennedy, and they're all training here. And I got to jump in when I was like 15, 16. That was great for me to see what kind of level they were and see how hard they worked. That was amazing. And hitting with Leighton was probably the most nervous I've ever been. 15, 16, got to take the day off school, get to hit with Leighton. And Leighton's, you know, he's a hard man to please. So like from the very first ball, he's just kind of just smoking it like, hitting the baseline and I'm just so nervous and I just could not even practice. But that kind of really helped me toughen up and that helped me kind of realise what my level was and where i got to be to play kind of if I wanted to be top 100. But yeah, now I can actually keep up with Leighton, so that's kind of good. So. <laughs> Back in 2008, Tony Roach at your academy had some words to say about you. We're just going to play them now and then love to know if you've seen this and thoughts oh, yeah. are and what he had to say. I've known David Barclay for uh, the last three years. I've uh, spent a lot of time at his father's complex seeing David develop his game. He's coming along nicely. He's spent quite a few months in Europe recently. And um, he's from a very strong family uh, in tennis. Uh, his dad's a professional coach, one of the best in Australia. And uh, young David, uh, is coming along nicely with his game. Uh, David's got a very strong game. He's a very uh, powerful player. Uh, and I know David is willing to put in the hard yards. His game is a big game. He's a big, strong kid. He's got a big serve. Uh, and he could go a long way in this game if he gets the right help. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Tony's been so great for our family as well. He's always kind of helped us and he's one of the best coaches ever. And, you know, he just, he, he helps me for free, like free of charge. And you barely ever see that with coaches. And that's, that's what I love about Roji so much. He just wants the Aussie tennis to, to kind of grow. And when he was helping the likes of Raph Jurek and Steve go and all that, just doing it all for free. Like that's, it's amazing. Like he's great for the game and hopefully we can name a stadium after him soon so. that'd be awesome there's not many yeah. people that have a bad word to wow. say about rochi he mentioned there you know that you could you know, go a long way in the game big you're powerful you're strong and you touched on it earlier is that maybe your your ranking doesn't reflect the quality of player you are i know personally you're an incredibly great ball striker and I speak to O'Connell, who you train with, who's 116 at World at the moment, and, and just says, you know, you go out there on the practice court and you, you're just flushing the ball. So is, is it just more experience playing that you felt like you needed or, you know, more studying of the strategy behind, you know, match analysis? It was a bit of both. The way my dad taught me was just to technique first at a young age and then just kind of crap out of the ball really a bit like Nick but I didn't really know how to win my shots weren't working so it was like if I was playing well I was going to beat a lot of players if I wasn't playing well like it was really hard for me to win and it was just me understanding of how to use my head more and how to mentally kind of like you said strategy I needed to kind of strategize a lot more and um, add more weapons to my game in the sense of maybe playing defensive and more against someone who likes to just you know, push a ball around or something. Like I used to hate playing players who just pushed every ball back and got every one of my big shots back as a young kid. So it's just kind of yeah, handling every situation differently and yeah, just maturing. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Like just starting to understand what kind of player I am. And I had a few years where I just had a bit of a rut where I just couldn't even could barely win a match. And um, and I think that was a lot due to me trying to play a different game style. So like I was a big server, big forehand, and I had a few coaches who tried to make me kind of be a grinder and stuff. And it was just kind of, 
yeah, if I had advice for other players, other coaches, I would say that you need to adapt to the player as a person. Like what kind of personality does he have? What kind of game style does he have? Instead of just teaching everyone the exact same. Mm. I think I grew up in that kind of society where they kind of didn't quite understand the person and they just kind of coached everyone the exact same. So like that's where I've just tried to learn for myself as well, like doing personality tests and understanding why I'm doing this in certain situations. Not everyone is going to feel the exact same in certain situations. And yeah, working from there and even understanding my pupils and what kind of personality they are, how they, what are their tendencies and things like that. So that's like a big thing that I've learned. David, um, I'm just scrolling through your results here and you've come up against some really big names especially in Australia, you've played against some of the top guys, James Duckworth, Alex Bolt, Tennis Sandgren, Ben Mitchell. I mean, there's, you've played against them all and the results are really, they're all really close games. Is there one match maybe or a highlight week in your career that you can look back at and you're just really proud of? I don't know about a whole week, but there's definitely been matches where I've just been like, wow, that was amazing. Like, you know, as, essentially as a tennis player, you just don't want to be thinking on court and I'll, I'm a really deep thinker. So... I played probably last year, I played against Jake Delaney. Um, he's got a lot of potential and I just played lights out. I just kind of was so relaxed and just so content with everything. Another highlight, I don't know, I played Duckworth when I was a junior and it was like a school rivalry kind of thing. And I remember Wally and my father were like putting bets on who's going to win either with a case of beer, either Duckworth or myself. and Because I beat him once at Homebush and that was like a big highlight for me to say, hey, maybe I can beat some of these good players. So I wouldn't say there was something that was huge in my life where I was like, that was the best week of my life. But there were just kind of a few matches here and there where I was like, okay, that's how I want to be playing most of my career. Yeah, for sure. There's so many matches and it's hard to pick which one's going to be the best or the most meaningful to you. Some of the worst matches as well can be just as meaningful in a weird way. On the tour, over the 15 years at the moment, in terms of prize money, the ATP website says it's around $11,000. That does not include, you know, AMTs, club tennis and forms of income there how do you manage playing a lot of futures to get yourself by on the tour throughout the year yeah so prize money is not a not a big part of my life but for me i'll be coaching probably like say like last year i coached six months and i played six months so i'm trying to accumulate enough money to go and travel and i've been lucky to have my parents support me in that way as well especially when i was younger yeah just coaching as much as i can and yeah obviously the prize money needs to change but also you've got to earn that prize money too so that's probably why tennis is probably the hardest sport in my mind is if you don't win you're not guaranteed money mm. uh, i know boxing is one of the toughest as well but you're kind of guaranteed money as well even if you get knocked out in one second so <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so it's just a lot of coaching and yeah that's about it being someone who's played predominantly on the itf circuit for 15 years what do you think of the state of the circuit would you make any changes to it and i mean i know you just touched on the prize money point of view is that something that you really think needs to be changed number one step is they put um in qualies a third set breaker i think that's absolute shocker because anyone can just like you can just win the first set and then just tank the second and to try to play for the super tie rate but i guess that's interesting in its own own sense yeah prize money's gotten much better because i remember when i first started playing you make main draw and you made like 80 bucks always you can always increase the prize money they've done a good job with the challenger system i think where they're kind of guaranteed accommodations for five nights and stuff futures level yeah just i guess it makes you hungrier but 
I've been lucky that I can, you know, I've got my dad's academy and I can always have that base of, like, I can always come back and coach and make enough money, but I'm not sure about other players. So um, I don't know if I'm in the right position to complain about money and things like that. Yeah, so on the tour, the the financial structure at the moment, the futures, obviously it is very difficult. The problem that's been raised by a lot of players. Do you feel that that, that doesn't mentally weigh on you at the moment because of, you know, the support you've got? Yeah, like one of my good mates, Darren Polkinghorn, he and he did everything from 12, everything by himself. And, you know, you could see the stress on that it paid on him. If he didn't win, he was like one of the most distraught players I've ever seen. Like, he, you know, you can talk to him for one or two days because he was just, there was so much pressure on him to win. But that also made him tough too. Like, he's one of the toughest players I know. You know, he'd do anything to win. So that's tough in a sense. And I was just thinking about it before as well. I don't know if that's a good sense because it kind of creates players that are players and then coaches that are too money hungry so i find a big problem with tennis coaches is the main the main motive is money and if the main motive is money you're not really caring about the student as much and i don't know if that's the the tennis culture or if it's you know lack of prize money that causes that but you know i I personally don't like to see coaches that are just doing it for the money so that's just that's just me yeah i think when you get older and experience a lot more there's a lot more i guess philosophical meaning behind what you're doing yeah, for sure and it's the same as what you said before is that some people could say like what are you doing but then you could say the same of someone doing something in your mind not meaningful sitting behind a desk making a lot of money and you know <laughs> not being involved in their family's life who knows but yeah the reality is your journey, as unique as it is, most players are in the same situation as you. There's very few who go through the top 100 and reap all the success. How do you describe like the Australian tennis culture, which is basically you and a bunch of others are that main bulk of the culture? I love it. I don't think you get it in any other country. Like Everyone's mates. No, you, you all, I don't know, I, I personally miss them, especially due to this virus. Like, I haven't been able to hang out with any of my mates. And a lot of your mates are tennis mates. And, like, I barely keep in contact with my schoolmates. And that's the, the difference. Like, because you're always seeing your tennis mates. You're both doing the same things. You're both grinding. And I love the Aussie tennis scene because you're all, as a team, and maybe you go overseas, you see another Aussie guy, and you're just so happy. Like, you know, finally got someone to banter with. Because the banter is so different. You know that. Like, you know, you're just ripping each other nonstop. It's just, I miss that the most. Yeah, the Aussie tennis culture, I love it. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's great. Who's the most talented player that you've seen come through from Australia? Because you would have seen pretty much every player come through from the last, you know, decade. Oh, there's, you know, you see Demon. When I first saw him, he was playing in Brisbane, Future, and he's playing Dane Kelly. And Kelly was, Kelly was playing well at the time. And I was like, man, this kid is so fast. I've never seen someone so fast around the court. You could barely hit a winner past him. And I played Kyrgios in ATL in Canberra as well. And he was probably only about a thousand in the world then. And I was just like, his service is a joke. Like he could hit spots without even trying. Every time I I was in my own service game, he was just putting pressure on me. You know, they're the obvious ones. Um, another talent is Max Purcell. I always thought he was great on the court and, you know, he did well this year qualifying at AO and things like that. So he's got a lot of potential too. And one of my good mates, Chris, as well, I've, admired what he did last year and you know he just he's just himself like he's just this quiet human being you know jake like he just folds his clothing likes everything perfect and then he goes out and wins what 80 something matches like it was just ridiculous and you know i saw a lot of his matches and 
he's changed a lot with the game as well because I feel like the game's changed in a sense of it's a lot faster and you know you just, if that ball's there to hit you hit it and um, I remember Chris I played him a few years ago and he used to just kind of grind and push the balls around but you see him now he out hits me he's got a huge serve before and things like that so I'm excited what he can do for the future. Yeah if you put aside you know, COVID-19 and not being able to compete at the moment. Um, it's an exciting time for tennis. There's so many good players already at the top on their way to the top. You played 228 matches on hardcourt uh, and won 87 of them. Do you prefer hardcourt? Is there a service you, you do prefer? And do you schedule your tournaments around your favourite surfaces? Oh, definitely. Um, the older I get, the more like I want to enjoy the places I go to now. So... When I was younger, it was just kind of, you know, like you you and I, we went to Turkey and things like that. We are just trying to go to, like, weaker countries and things like that. Yep. Um, but now that I'm older, I'm trying to travel to places that I want to travel to. And even if they're tough matches, I'm just trying to enjoy all those matches. But definitely, I would say my favourite surface is actually fast clay because I feel like everyone's good on hardcore, but not everyone's good on clay. So Yeah. Where's the worst place that you've had to travel to? Not a tough, tough question. Not a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't been to many bad places, but the worst country, and it's probably weird to say in this trying time, is China. China was one of the worst places just purely because... The culture's really weird and everyone's very, um, and I think you have to because there's so many people there, but everyone's just rude and works against everything that we do in Australia, like lining up with space. Can't do that. People just walk in front of you. You know, you really have to be selfish there. But the, the worst was I was with Darren poking on there and the pollution was so bad. Like, do you remember the... Aussie bushfires started this year. You know, that was all smoke and everything, but it was round smog. You could barely see your opponent. And I ended up getting sick for like three weeks just from the pollution and things like that. And that's, yeah, one of the worst. And the food and stuff was really hard to kind of get something healthy and something that you actually thought was meat. It was tough. Yeah, you're definitely not alone there, mate. Um, even Duckworth a couple of weeks ago, he he identified China as one of the, the toughest places, mm -hmm. places to go play. On the other side, what's the best place you've gone, travelled and played? Best place last year. I went to Italy with Chris, and yeah, there was a town. Jeez, I forgot what town it was. Near Bologna, in the middle of Casinalbo. That's it. Yeah, Casinalbo, oh. and that it's like a little country town. But they're usually the best. They, they treated the future as if it was like a two fifty. It was amazing, and the food, the people were so nice. Just everything's amazing about Italy. I found. Um, another stunner, like the nicest center I've ever played, was in San Sebastian in Spain. Right on the water, the clay courts are beautiful. So they're probably my two favourite spots that I've ever played in. Looking back, who's the toughest competitor that you've come across on the tour? Probably Sangren, the tour player. Um, <laughs> he, I, we played in a challenge of qualies and he was, I think he was coming back from injury and I played him first round. And if I happened to beat him, I was going to play Sagita, who was also in didn't sign in so he was in qualies too that was a tough draw but sangrin man like i was just any kind of rally ball would hit a winner like he's just ruthless like he's the most ruthless player i've ever played yeah i happened to get a couple of games off him so i was happy so yeah he was tough at that futures level how exposed players still are to the top mm. level of the game you know there's the young prodigies coming through and you're facing off against them you've already mentioned sangrin Curios, Duckworth, and more. Does anything really grab your mind about why they do 
push on through the top 100 and what, what qualities they have that allow them to do that? Always kind of tell my students, like, you always got to have an X factor. It doesn't matter, like, what it is. Like, say, Demon, uh, his X factor is his speed and his grit, right? Like, he doesn't really have any kind of big serve, big four, nothing really, but it's just his speed. Nick's got his huge serve and forehand and just his ability to just kind of come up with shots out of nothing really yeah just having that one big thing sangren was similar to demon where he's just absolutely absolutely ruthless just won't give you anything any free points nothing yeah just little things like that if you don't really have any x factor it's tough to to really break through the top 100 certainly david we really love stories like yours in particular and we feel there's so much to learn for young aspiring athletes and if you had one message for the youth and the kids coming through what would it be a lot of kids kind of like one of my students was sorry i had to put a story behind this but i asked him what he wanted to do achieve with his tennis and he's like i want to go to college i was like, okay and i was hitting with him i was like man this kid's 15 he's like six foot two you could really do something with your tennis like i was like man i feel like you can shoot higher like maybe your dream was too shallow i don't know but just go for it you're only living once so you may as well go for it and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but as long as you're not wondering why i didn't do that so similar to what i'm doing now just play if you want to play just play you don't have to succumb to society standards or anything you just you want to go out and play tennis go out and play tennis if you want if you don't you don't like just i don't know go for it great advice there to really just you know follow your passions and yeah and what what you believe in really with your tennis now do you have any goals about where you want to go, what rankings you want to get to, or is that something that you don't kind of factor in or think about too much at the moment? Yeah, I'm not really thinking about it too much, but I definitely, I just want to start getting on a roll and start winning more matches consecutively, not just like a couple of matches here and there. That's probably how I'm taking my steps instead of just kind of putting a number onto it. Um, Cause I found like putting a number wasn't really helping me. So yeah, just kind of going one match at a time and just trying to get it consecutively and trying to build on that confidence and trying to get consistent matches and winning those consistent matches david i'm sure you're very lucky you've got an academy in your backyard and you're able to train how often have you been able to train obviously with the whole COVID 19 pandemic have you been able to hit the court as much as you would have liked yeah so i've been really lucky in the university here let us open and run um, according to all the you know the restriction and everything so we we're just doing two per court which is fine and I've been training the whole time, which is great, but also enjoying not having any stress of tournaments or, you know, there might be one week where I only practice once or twice, which is great. And just go for a surf or something. Enjoy being at home because it is the first time I've really been home and been able to just relax without doing anything stressful. This is probably the most stressful thing I've done so far. So. <laughs> Tell me about Vince. I mean, a few times I was around training at Macquarie. I walk in the gate and the first word that came out of his mouth would be would be sledging me in some form or way. And I remember <laughs> Goey who'd come in, he was a heavy guy and they had this new mm. Italian clay and he'd he just go, no, the elephant's coming back in again to rip up the clay. Is he still around the traps? chirping on the court or what's yeah that? yeah so with the virus he was staying home for a fair few weeks which was good for him and you know he's worked hard to build what he's got here but yeah he's still chirping away he's still still ripping many people like oaks and stuff so 
but he's kind of softened up with age too. He's getting, like, if I'd rip him back, he just can't take it anymore. So. <laughs> but yeah, he's still around. And if anyone has the pleasure of meeting my father, then yeah, don't take him too seriously. Just on the academy, I've got a lot of people listening that love to hit the court. Do you mind telling us where the academy is located and how people can get in touch if they want to come down and have a look? Yeah, so we're about 20 minutes from the city near Chatswood part of Macquarie University. Uh, we've got 12 courts, we've got three hard courts, we've got five clay, three Italian that are the same as Monte Carlo. We've got one hard true and one Swiss clay. And yeah, so we're about yeah, 20 minutes and you can visit our website, barclayacademy.com.au and just give us a call if you want to hire a court and things like that. And we've got a good coaching system and yeah, maybe you can meet me if that's something you desire. <laughs> Barco, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I know you. personally how much I love seeing you around the traps on the tour and I just don't know anyone who has a bad word to say about you and everyone loves seeing you still out there and you really are a bit of that guiding light for, for players just to to really follow their passion and, and do what they love. Yeah, thanks for opening up and giving us a good insight into to David Barclay. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. As long as I can inspire at least one person, I'll be happy. So thanks so much for having me. I really had fun and hopefully we can do another one soon. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, David. I think you'll inspire way more than just one person with everything that you've told us today. It's really, uh, yeah, it's just such a different story and really something that I think everyone will love to listen to. So yeah, we really appreciate you opening up. No worries. Cheers. Thanks, Jed and Jake. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Aussies Only. I hope you enjoyed our chat with David Barclay. We'll be sure to keep an eye on his results when the tour returns. Once again, a big thanks to Latour Tennis. Check them out at latourtennis.com or Latour Tennis on Instagram. Also, head over to barclayacademy.com.au to book a session, check out the academy, or just to get in touch with Vince, David, and the team, and I'm sure they'll be able to help you out. Also, thefirstserve.com.au is the place to find any of our previous episodes of Aussies Only. We've had some extended chats with some really special guests over the last few weeks during this COVID-19 pandemic, so be sure to check out those episodes. And for another week, thank you for tuning into this edition of Aussies Only. You've been listening to Aussies Only, part of The First Serve, your home of tennis. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91